Welcome to the podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd also like to invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.45, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. Our scripture reading for this morning is one of my favorite passages, and after you hear the sermon, you'll understand why. This is from 1 Samuel chapter 1, and it's a story of uh, Elkanah and his wife Hannah. And I'm reading from the New International Version. 1 Samuel chapter 1. There was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Zuth, in the hill country of Ephraim. He was the son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuth, of Ephraim. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hopni and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Penina and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Patana would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Penina would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her, seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound. He thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged. And I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea. And in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. The next year, Elkanah and his family went on their annual trip to offer a sacrifice to the Lord. But Hannah did not go. She told her husband, wait until the boy is weaned. Then I will take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. Whatever you think is best, Elkanah agreed. Stay here for now and may the Lord help you keep your promise. So she stayed home and nursed the boy until he was weaned. 
When the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me, Hannah asked. I am the woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worship the Lord there. May the Lord add the blessing to the reading of God's holy word. Amen. Let's join together in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, today is Mother's Day. No one deserves a special day all to herself more than today's mom. Some years ago, there was a cartoon which featured a psychologist who was talking to his patient. Let's see, he said, you spend 50% of your energy on your job, 50% on your husband, and 50% on your children. I think I see your problem. I think I see your problem. Without a doubt, we men and children depend far more on our wives and mothers than we perhaps realize. When God created the female of the species, she was a unique and special creation indeed. Well, this morning, I want us to consider a woman of the Bible who more than anything wanted to become a mother. And despite the pains, pressures, and problems it might cause her, this lady desired to take on that great sacrifice of motherhood. So, this morning, in light of our text, I want us to consider three points about motherhood and the importance of mothers. And as usual, if you'd like to follow along, there's a sermon uh, PowerPoint for your convenience. It's to the right of me, and I believe it's on the left of your screen. I want to encourage you to follow along. Take notes. Consider what God is saying to you this morning about what it means to be a good mother and what motherhood is all about. Let's begin with the first point. First of all, mothers have a tremendous influence upon their children's lives for great good or ill. First of all, mothers have a tremendous influence upon their children's lives for great good or ill. John Locke, the British philosopher, once said, parents wonder why the streams are bitter when they themselves have poisoned the fountain. But what if the fountain was filled with true faith and prayer? Would we then have homes that have lost their love, churches that have lost their power, and a world that has lost its mind? If we only realized the impact that our words and deeds have on our children, I believe that we would behave very differently. The Joy Luck Club, the Joy Luck Club was a powerful movie about some mothers and daughters who had immigrated to this country over the past few decades. One insight you gain from watching this poignant film is the powerful, almost mystical connection that exists between mother and daughter from generation to generation. The movie is a series of vignettes of women 
and their relationships with their mothers. In some cases, mothers make tremendous sacrifices for their children so that their daughters might have a better life than they. In other cases, mothers through selfishness have made serious mistakes that impacted their daughters' lives in negative ways for decades. But in every case, for good or ill, each mother had an influence on her daughter's life that neither daughter nor mother fully understood. You see, mothers have a tremendous influence upon their children's lives for great good or ill. And that brings us to the second point I want to make about motherhood. Second, motherhood's a vocation. Motherhood's a vocation. Not every woman is meant to be a mother any more than every man is meant to be a father. Just because a person can have children doesn't mean that they should. Just because people are biologically equipped to become parents doesn't mean that they're psychologically or spiritually equipped to do so. Not at all. You see, motherhood's a vocation. And I use that word vocation in its Latin sense, voce, V-O-C-E, voce, which means to call or select. It's a high calling. And there's no greater calling for women or men than that of nurturing children. It's the greatest vocation of all. But you know, today the vocation of motherhood has fallen on hard times. The role of motherhood has been castigated, criticized, and denigrated. Many mothers have become almost apologetic about taking on the role of motherhood. And this is even more true for men who take on the role of fatherhood as their sole vocation. But that's another sermon. That's another sermon. You know, motherhood in too many quarters is looked upon more as a burden than a joy. And children are seen more as encumbrances to a career than the precious gifts of God they are. They truly are. But you know, this hasn't always been the case. In our scripture reading this morning from 1 Samuel chapter 1, we encounter a woman who more than anything wanted to have children. There was just one problem. She couldn't. She was barren. And because she was childless, she was sorrowful. The scriptures tell us that she was bitter in heart and soul. And you know, to make matters even worse, she was also being ridiculed by her rival. It's bad enough to have to endure a tragic set of circumstances, but when you at the same time are being ridiculed for it, it becomes unbearable. Hannah was out of hope. She didn't know what to do, so she did the only thing she felt she had left. She prayed to God, and guess what? God heard her prayer. God granted her request, and she conceived and bore a child. She named him Samuel because the name sounds similar to the Hebrew word that means asked of God. Now, what I want you to notice here is not the fact that God answered Hannah's prayer. That's not so remarkable. But what is remarkable is the vow that Hannah makes. What's the one thing that Hannah wanted more than anything? What's the one thing she vows to give up to God if her prayer's heard? Now, you know, there's nothing unusual about vows. 
As a preacher, I hear vows made all the time. People promising God that, for example, if God will spare their life, then they'll go to church every Sunday, or they'll become a priest or a preacher or a missionary or something else. And you know, about 99% of those vows are never kept. You see, it's easy to vow to give up something you don't have. But the remarkable thing about this story is that Hannah follows through with her vow. She follows through with her vow. Motherhood is a vocation. And that brings us to the third and final point that I want to make about motherhood. Third and finally, mothers make precious sacrifices for the good of their children. Mothers make precious sacrifices for the good of their children. Now, in our scripture reading this morning, we find Hannah sacrificed to God the one thing she most wanted, a son. And because of her sacrifice, Israel received a great blessing. Samuel became one of the greatest prophets of Israel, a maker of kings, who anointed Saul and the greatest king of Israel, David. Samuel would never become the great prophet he was apart from Hannah's sacrifice. And you know, the same thing could be said about millions of daughters and sons whose mothers have made sacrifices on their behalf. You know, behind every great woman and man, you can probably find a mother who sacrificed for their child's benefit. I'll bet that you could tell me stories of sacrifices your mother made for you. Well, I want to close with this last illustration. Margaret had shed some tears and tasted some bitterness in her life. While she was in her 20s during the 1940s, she married a handsome young bombardier and they enjoyed a three-day honeymoon before he was ordered to go to Europe. Now, Margaret thought that her heart would break at their parting, yet she entertained the hope that he would eventually return from the war. He never did. Two months later, she received a telegram informing her that her dashing, handsome husband had been shot down, captured, and killed by the Nazis. Margaret became very angry over his death. She blamed God for her loss and became very bitter. Still in her 20s, she began to wonder if life was over for her. Yet a few years later, she met another man. This man, much older than she, promised her some security and a family. Margaret dearly wanted children. She wanted children more than anything. So the two were wed and honeymooned in Cuba. Now, after they returned to Texas, she immediately tried to have children, but she was in for more heartaches. She miscarried twice. Margaret began to wonder if she would ever have any children. Like Hannah, she was bitter in heart and soul. But also like Hannah, she eventually brought a child to term and gave birth to a son. Now, all during this time, Margaret enjoyed a productive 13-year career working for a magazine in San Antonio. And even after her child was born, she continued working at a time when there were not many working mothers. 
It broke her heart every morning to leave her child with her sitter, a trusted friend. But she enjoyed her work and her career was important. But after two years and much soul searching, she gave up her career for her child. It was a great sacrifice, but one that she willingly made for her son. Five years later, she had another child. She would make many more sacrifices over the years for her two sons. She would know many more heartaches. There would be times when her sons would let her down and break her heart. There would be times when they would disappoint and discourage her. There would even come a time when one of her sons would be murdered and her heart would be torn apart by sorrow. Yet, despite all the heartaches and pain, all the tears and grief, she would tell you today that if she could choose again, she would never trade away the heartaches for her career. My life benefited from those sacrifices for the woman I'm speaking of is none other than my own mother. I thank God for her and all she gave up for me. And you know, I can never adequately repay her for the countless hours she spent with me and for always being there when I came home. Folks, great blessings always come upon children and society at large because of the sacrifices of mothers. Let me repeat that. Great blessings always come upon children and society at large because of the sacrifices of mothers. Well, in conclusion, there's no greater or more noble vocation than that of motherhood. Like Hannah and a whole host of others, your mother has made precious sacrifices for you. How will you respond and let her know? Whoever has the ears to hear, Let that one hear what the Spirit says to the church. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Podcast. To find out more about Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityreston.org.